stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome to Administrative Static. I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. But because it is Thanksgiving, we are having a best of Administrative Static. And we've chosen four uh, of our episodes uh, from the past year. One starting first in January when the Fifth Circuit uh, ruled on behalf of our clients in the bump stock matter that is now before the Supreme Court. So you can listen to that and um, see what's going to happen in the new year in the Supreme Court, I hope. Then we have a second um, episode when California, in response to uh, NCLA and Janine Yunus getting an um, injunction against a free speech against doctor's law um, in the Hogue case, repealed that law. And finally, we have two case, two conversations um, about when the Supreme Court took our cases, granted cert in both Relentless, which is Chevron deference, and now Murphy v. Missouri on free speech on the Internet. So I hope you enjoy these and we'll see you next week live. We have another victory to, uh, to celebrate. We're very excited. Uh, the new Civil Liberties Alliance uh, won a case at the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. It was handed down on uh, last uh, Friday, January 6th. And uh, the case is Cargill uh, versus Garland. This is Michael Cargill against uh, Merrick Garland the, in his official capacity as U.S. Attorney General. This is the bump stock case, or one of the bump stock cases that uh, NCLA has, uh, has been working on. And, and John, I think it would be fair to say uh, that this was an unmitigated victory. This was a 13 to three vote of the 16 members of the court and 13 voted that an act of Congress is required uh, to prohibit bump stocks. And therefore they had to reverse uh, the district court, which had, uh, which had upheld the ATF regulation in question. Then you had 12 members uh, of the court who were willing to reverse on lenity uh, grounds. So the rule of lenity is the rule that says in the event of ambiguity, that you would in interpret a statute that has criminal penalties or criminal consequences uh, for those accused of violating it, you would interpret that in favor of the criminal defendant, any ambiguity. So you had a tr at least 12 members of the court who were willing to reverse uh, on, on lenity grounds. And then you had eight members of the court, which was, that would be eight to eight. That's just half. So right. that's a- That would affirm the district court if it would, was all it was. It would, but they would have reversed on the ground that federal law- unambiguously fails to cover non-mechanical uh, bump stocks. So I guess uh, among the 13 who think that an act of Congress uh, is required to prohibit bump stocks, some of those must have thought that there was ambiguity and some of them must have thought that, well, I guess eight of them thought it was unambiguous. Uh, and then uh, the other five must have thought that there was some ambiguity uh, there, but that, uh, but that lenity would require. And um, and there's an important Chevron question here sure. that 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 is 
here, you know, uh, whether is Chevron a doctrine the courts must apply, or is it only when the government asks for it? And what do they say? Uh, well, they say that the government didn't ask for it here, and therefore it shouldn't it shouldn't apply. A pretty good uh, pretty good lineup there, a bipartisan lineup uh, in in favor of uh, of Mr. Cargill and NCLA's position uh, in this case. And you know, the thing that I uh, found particularly gratifying here, John, is that the court really just appears to ha have been taking at face value everything that we've been saying all along. I mean, when we first brought this case, I thought, well, this is a pretty easy case. I mean, ATF just kind of got out over its skis here and uh, and they were trying to, uh, it, it, I mean, what happened here is, look, President Trump uh, told the Department of Justice and ATF that he wanted to, to ban bump stocks and they needed to find a way to do it. And he wanted to do that because of the massacre that occurred on October 1st of 2017 in Las Vegas. Uh, and so the ATF did his bidding. And unfortunately, they didn't pay enough attention to the statute and what the law actually requires. And, and they, what they should have done if they wanted to do this was get Congress involved. And Congress, Congress is ready to do this. This, this is this. Uh, there's two things that have really bothered me about this case. And this this was such a relief because the military court of justice that whoever runs the military uh, courts had already ruled this way. And they were the only court and e our, our other, our other cases like a potion, there were huge dissents, like for like six or seven, I forget the numbers right now, but we had gotten a lot of judges to obviously understand this because the ATF for 18 years, when you would buy one of these bump stocks, you would get a little certificate, like what they, you know, like, like your prize in the, uh, in the cereal boxes from the ATF, signed by the ATF saying, this is not a machine gun and you're a good to have it. And then they changed the law by administrative fiat. That should have been a red flag. But the, the real frustrating thing was, um, I always say that judges tend to be liberal arts majors and not engineers or scientists. And the definition of machine gun had to do with the uh, number of trigger pulls. And it was absolutely clear, absolutely clear that all of the bump stock does is you still have to keep pulling the trigger in some way and That's affecting right. the trigger. One and trigger so, shot per bullet so fired. So it was a clear engineering question. It was an engineering question for the definition, and they kept blowing the engineering question, which is which is uh, easy to do. And and they would sort of wave their hands in aware and say, well, it looks machine gunny. And that's really yeah. not how you can do statutes. It's not how you do science. It, 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 that's sort of vague. Well, it's not how Congress did it. And, and it's not how Congress did it. So all of that stuff has bothered me. And this came as a huge relief for that reason. They got pictures of the device and all that. It's very It's very well done just from an engineering point. No, I agree with that. And, and the case you're talking about is United States v. Alcazag, the Navy Marine Corps Court of Criminal Appeals, which had considered the final rule in the context of a criminal prosecution uh, for, for possession of a, of a machine gun, which was actually possession of a gun that wasn't a machine gun that had a bump stock, uh, but, but had, uh, someone had been found guilty of that. But the, the, court of criminal, the Navy Marine Corps Court of Criminal Appeals looked at that and said, no, 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 no. Under the best reading of the statute, a bump stock is not a machine gun, and it reversed that uh, conviction. Uh, so here we have another uh, court of appeals, the Fifth Circuit, U.S. Court of Appeals, likewise finding uh, that, uh, uh, that at least under under lenity, but also that, that this is the kind of thing that Congress uh, has to do, which is wonderful. But we were starting to talk, John, about the fact that there were bills that were already going. And that was one of the things I really liked about this decision was that they talked about Senator Dianne Feinstein's uh, pending legislation at, at the time that this regulation uh, was proposed. And it quoted her at, at great length. Uh, to you know, to the fact that uh, that um, 
well, I'll just quote part of it. Both Justice Department and ATF lawyers know that legislation is the only way to ban bump stocks. The law has not changed since 1986, and it must be amended to cover bump stocks and other dangerous devices like trigger cranks. Our bill does this. The regulation does not. That was a press release from Diane Feinstein in, in March of 2018 uh, when this regulation was percolating to, to try to ban bump stocks administratively. And I, I liked the fact that the court latched onto that because what this regulation did is it short-circuited the legislative process. So a lot of times people will say, oh, well, you know, you need the administrative state because Congress, you know, Congress can't get anything done. Well, Congress was trying to do something. And in fact, Congress passed a different, whether you like it or not, and, and you know, I'm somebody who wasn't a big fan of it, but you like it or not, Congress also passed a gun control law last year. They didn't include a bump stock ban in that bill either. And, and my view was th- this, that thing was sailing to passage. There was no reason that when Trump wanted it, everybody wanted it. There was there was the NRA wanted it. They didn't oppose it. That's right, for sure. Right. And they didn't sue over this. Right. The NRA did not sue. Correct. Over bump over the bump stock ban. Right. Uh, so uh, so I thought it was, uh, and you know, and I don't know what sort of machinations went on behind the scenes uh, that that led to that. What I do know in terms of machinations uh, behind behind the scenes, John, is that there were numerous attorneys in the Trump administration who took a look at this who all said, uh, you know, the courts are going to strike this down. This is the worst rule we've ever done. There's there's like, we don't have a leg to stand on here. Uh, and there was a, a real feeling among the people who put it out that this just wasn't going to stand. And I think that there's a lesson that needs to be learned here, which is don't do that. Stop doing that. It's your job if you're an attorney in an administration in the Department of Justice or any other federal agency that's issuing a rule, if you think that the rule is not uh, constitutional or that it's not in, keeping in fidelity with the statute, you need to, to say that forthrightly and you need to stop it in the administrative process and not rely on the courts to do your dirty work. Because three of the four courts that have looked at this failed to strike it down. And you know, if we hadn't brought this case in the Fifth Circuit, then who knows? This might be sailing through to, to being a, a law permanently. Yeah. And I, I, hope, I hope they do look at it. I will say this. There was a little straw in the wind yesterday on another matter, the Federal Reserve, the head of it, I forget his name, he said- Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell. He's, they were pushing all this ESG stuff on him. And he said, you know, that's really not the job of the Federal Reserve. You guys have to do it. That's and right. I was so stunned. Yeah. I, I was like, he, 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 read, he read EPA versus West Virginia or something. <laughs> I mean, I, but I was stunned. Or he has enough independence. But, you know, that, that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but, but the fact was, the, the fact is, maybe there is a little bit of a crack that maybe we won't see these circuits the next time. Yeah. So what what else? Why was Judge Ho? Why was Judge Ho where he was? I, I would. You know, I, the short answer is I'm not sure, John, because uh, you know it's it, he he writes separately to make a big deal out of uh, out of the um, uh, uh, lenity issue, but there was already uh, you know 12 votes uh, in favor of lenity, and he joined with the, the 12 members who uh, who were willing to reverse on lenity grounds. So I don't know. I think maybe he just thought that the majority opinion didn't uh, go into enough detail about uh, about lenity and he really wanted to to particularly underscore that aspect uh, of what was was going on here uh, but I don't know uh, you know I don't know for sure I mean he, he also had some grammatical points to make in terms of of how to uh, how to you know read the statute uh, that maybe um, that maybe other people uh, on the uh, on the court were you know, less enamored of or or didn't want to to make the uh, the main focus of uh, of the majority opinion. Um, 
and uh, you know, but I, you know, I certainly don't think that there's anything in his, uh, in his opinion, that calls into question uh, the way that the majority uh, handled uh, handled this case. Welcome to Administrative Static. I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, but because it is Thanksgiving, we are having a best of Administrative Static. And we've picked four episodes that uh, are very important, uh, all having, most having to do with the Supreme Court and one having to do with California repealing its laws in response 
to Our Victory and Hogue. Hope you enjoy them, folks. <laughs>